Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, July 30th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. You know, I think I'd make a pretty good Federal Reserve Chair. I mean, I can talk. And that seems to be the most important qualification for the job. I mean, that's all the central bank has really been doing, right? In the aftermath of the Fed meeting this week, I kept thinking of the song Talk Talk by the band of the same name. In fact, some of the lyrics are really apropos. Check this out. This should be the theme song for the Fed. If every sign that I see is complete, then I'm a fool in your game. And all you want to do is tell me your lies. Won't show the other side, you're just wasting my time. All you do to me is talk, talk. Talk, talk, talk. All you do to me is talk, talk. Remember that side, sing it for you, but you don't want me to do that. Anyway, that's Jerome Powell's job in a nutshell, right? Okay, so we had the Federal Reserve meeting this week for July, and guess what? Nothing happened. I mean, the Fed didn't do anything. It was another round of open-mouth operations. But of course, there were plenty of words for us to digest, and digest them we will. Here is the meeting summary. The Fed kept interest rates at zero. The Fed kept its quantitative easing bond buying program rolling. The Fed didn't change anything, didn't do anything. Stop and think about this for a moment. The exact same extraordinary monetary policy that the Fed launched at the onset of the coronavirus pandemic is still going. We still have the same monetary policy today as we did when the entire economy was shut down. But the FOMC statement did say that the economy continues to make progress. Quote, Indicators of economic activity and employment have continued to strengthen. So that's good, right? Eh, Well, kind of. But nevertheless, Jerome Powell said the Fed is nowhere near raising interest rates because there hasn't been substantial progress. He said, quote, Our approach here has been to be as transparent as we can. We have not reached substantial further progress yet. We see ourselves having some ground to cover to get there. Now, interestingly, a lot of people in the mainstream took these words to mean, oh my gosh, the Fed is getting close to a policy change. CNBC interpreted the notation in the FOMC statement that it sees progress toward its goals as, quote, a nod that changes to policy, particularly regarding the monetary bond purchases, could be on the way. A PNC economist told CNBC the Fed has started the tapering clock. In other words, a lot of people in the mainstream remain convinced a rollback of quantitative easing is imminent, and the central bank is close to cutting back on its asset purchases. But again, and I can't emphasize this enough, the Fed isn't actually tapering anything. It didn't announce tapering in the future. In fact, Powell flat out said no decision has been made on the timing of tapering. Meanwhile, the Fed balance sheet grows to a new record week after week after week. In July alone, the Fed has added some $160 billion to its balance sheet. It's well over $8.2 trillion at this point. The Fed balance sheet has nearly doubled in just a little over one year. It stood at a mere 
4.159 trillion on February 24th, the cusp of the COVID-19 pandemic. The New York Fed projects the balance sheet will top 9 trillion before all is said and done. This is the Fed itself saying we're going to have a 9 trillion dollar balance sheet. And honestly, I would call that projection pretty conservative. So, interpreting one word, progress, in an FOMC statement as some kind of tight monetary policy is just silly. They aren't tapering. They haven't announced tapering. And when they do start tapering, whenever that may be, it doesn't mean they've stopped buying bonds. It won't be tight monetary policy in any sense of the word. It will just be a little less loose. Nevertheless, the fact remains that a lot of mainstream pundits still think the word progress in the FOMC statement hints at some future policy change. Maybe. We just don't know when. But this leaves an important question unanswered. What exactly is substantial progress? We have to have substantial progress before the Fed is going to act. What the hell does that mean? Nobody knows. And I think that's the point. If Powell actually told us substantial means X, Y, and Z, he would be locked into doing something when X, Y, and Z happens. But the Fed doesn't want to do anything, so best keep these terms as nebulous as possible. That way, no matter how much progress the economy makes, Powell can tell us it's not substantial yet. Because, you see, that's the big problem facing the Fed. It can't tighten monetary policy without popping the bubble and deflating the so-called recovery, which incidentally doesn't really look all that great. We got the first GDP estimate for Q2 yesterday, and it was wildly disappointing. The projection was for an 8.5% gain. I'm talking annualized here. The actual number on an annualized basis was 6.5%. That's a huge miss to the downside. They also revised Q1 down from 6.4% to 6.3%. Now, the pundits tried to put a good spin on it. The economy is still growing, blah, blah, blah. But one could interpret this as a stalling recovery. So if growth is slowing and getting weaker and inflation is going up, what do we call that, boys and girls? Stagflation. Peter Schiff covered some other economic numbers that don't bode well in his podcast, calling them further signs of stagflation, uh, particularly the trade deficit in goods. I'll link to that episode and a summary of it on the show notes page so you can check that out. Speaking of inflation, the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index rose 6.4% in Q2. That compares with the previous increase of 3.8%. Core PCE, which strips out more volatile food and energy prices, was up 6.1%. Now, this is supposedly the Fed's preferred inflation metric. I probably don't have to tell you that that's a pretty darn big increase in prices. But don't worry. Inflation is, say it with me, transitory. You know, that's such a soothing word. The FOMC statement used it again, asserting that rising prices reflect transitory factors. The wording in the Fed statement was exactly the same as it was in the June meeting. Powell said during his press conference he has confidence in the medium term that inflation will move down, and as the economy continues to reopen, inflation will fall away. But Powell did reassure us that if inflation does prove to be significantly and materially above its 2% goal, the Fed will use its tools to guide inflation back down. This is what we call a lie. 
Because if you ask me, CPI is already materially above the 2% goal, and the Fed hasn't done squat. But of course, materially is another one of those words with no real definition. It means whatever Powell needs it to mean. And he needs it to mean inflation isn't high enough to do anything about, because again, the Fed can't do anything about it without pricking the bubble. Powell doesn't even want to show that pin. In his discussion on transitory inflation, Powell made an admission that should raise eyebrows. It won't, but it should. Powell said transitory means that recent large price increases will stick, but that future price increases will revert back to 2% per year at some unknown point in the future. In other words, when you hear the word transitory, don't think that means you're going to get some price relief down the road. Don't think that means prices are going to go down. Prices are still going to keep going up. They're just not going to go up as much as they are now. Kind of takes the soothing sound out of the word transitory, doesn't it? So to sum this up, this Fed meeting was substantively like the last few, meaning there was no substance. For all the talk, 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 the Fed hasn't done a single thing. The exceptional monetary policy the central bank launched more than a year ago at the onset of the coronavirus pandemic remains fully in place. As prices keep rising, Powell keeps insisting it's all transitory. But the very policies the Fed insists must remain in place until we see substantial progress are helping drive the transitory inflation. There's a disconnect here the mainstream still can't seem to see. I mean, I think they kind of see it. I think. I think everybody knows inflation really isn't transitory and that Fed monetary policy is contributing to rising prices. I mean, that's basic economics. So at least to some degree. And I think a lot of people are starting to scratch their heads and wonder why exactly an economy that's improving. I mean, maybe not as much as expected, but it is certainly improving. So why does it need the same level of monetary stimulus it needed a year ago? I mean, that kind of doesn't make sense, right? We shouldn't need this ultra easy monetary policy in the current economy. So obviously, the Fed is going to tighten it up soon. That's been the expectation for months. That's why gold has continued to languish, although we did get a healthy bump back above $1,800 an ounce this week. I think we're at about $1,820, $1,824 as I'm recording the podcast. Still, gold isn't behaving as you would expect when there are signs of stagflation on the horizon. And we've seen plenty of dollar strength despite high inflation. Again, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Why buy dollars if the dollar is losing value? Because everybody thinks the Fed is going to see the light and we're going to get this big policy shift. The problem here is people don't understand the current state of the economy. It's not a recovery. It's a bubble. And the bubble has been blown up by the ultra-easy monetary policy. You take it away and the bubble deflates. It's a big party and the Fed is supplying the booze. As soon as the Fed says, hey guys, last call, everybody will realize it's party over. And when the party goers start to sober up, that's when all hell is going to break loose. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why the loose monetary policy continues. And it's why Powell and company are going to keep it going for as long as they possibly can. They don't want to cut off the drunk party goers.
Here's the ugly truth. There's no exit door here. Since the onset of the pandemic, the Federal Reserve balance sheet has grown nearly twice as large as it was at its peak in the wake of the Great Recession. Debt has skyrocketed. The U.S. government alone has added more than $4 trillion to its debt load over the last year and a half. Corporate debt has gone way up. Consumer debt's way up. The partygoers are like 10 times drunker now than they were after the last Fed party binge. So how does anybody think the Fed will ever be able to unwind this extraordinary monetary policy? It couldn't do it after 2008. Remember, it tried. The Fed got rates to a whopping 2.5%, which incidentally wouldn't do anything to tamp down the inflation level that we have right now. And it had barely started shrinking its balance sheet when the stock market collapsed in the fall of 2018, and the central bank went right back to rate cuts and QE. This was long before the pandemic. So how can it possibly tighten now? How can it back off of this loose monetary policy, much less unwind it, much less shrink the balance sheet? If history provides any indication at all, the notion of a serious pivot to monetary policy normalization is nothing but a fantasy. The Fed can talk about it as much as it wants, and believe me, it will talk. But as the saying goes, talk is cheap. What will the central bank actually be able to do? Not a damn thing. So, again, the question, are you ready? A shift gold precious metal specialist can help you get ready. I highly recommend giving these guys a call. Call 1-888-GOLD-160. Or if you prefer, you can shoot them an email, info at shiftgold.com. Talk to them today. They can look at your portfolio, your investment goals, your personal situation, and help you see how precious metals can fit into your investment strategy, help protect your wealth, uh, help secure yourself in the time that is certainly coming down the road. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. Keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes. Uh, We're on Stitcher. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links to all of these things on the show notes page. As always, I appreciate the fact that you're taking a little time out of your day to listen to the show. And I'll be here again next week.